how I would describe Matt from my perspective as a high school student would be a disorganized person that lacked focus and said a lot without saying anything. And that that frustrated me. I'm a serious person, I think, but I'm a silly person too. And that's part of who I am in the classroom. And it didn't work a lot with Kate. I have a memory of going into the history department's office and seeing each teacher's desk. And there was this level of organization that some of the teachers had that, you know, sang to my soul. And then seeing Matt Weiss's desk and it looking like a tornado had just gone through. She has these icy blue eyes, and when she's unhappy, they shoot you this kind of laser look. And I remember getting it a lot and thinking, uh-oh, this is not going over well with Kate Shelby. And I was right. This is What My Students Taught Me, the podcast that dives deep into the unique challenges of the student-teacher relationship. I'm Mallory Falk. Nearly two decades ago, Matt Weiss was a brand new teacher at Shadyside Academy, a prestigious private school in Pittsburgh. He was a little intimidated at his new job, but had a plan to win over his students. He'd be the cool teacher, telling funny stories, goofing around, and even playing guitar during class. Most students encouraged him, but Kate Shelby wasn't impressed. As a junior in his U.S. history class, she was a shy and serious student who'd made sacrifices to get into the school and wanted every second of class time to count. Kate was interested in the material, not in Matt's antics. And she eventually led him to question his approach to teaching. This was a room full of people, and in order for me to teach them, I felt like I needed to connect with them. And so if I had a random thought, it seemed natural to share it. And I think that that was the kind of thing that would drive Kate bananas. I didn't need the warm-up. I didn't need the warm, fuzzy connection. I just was chomping at the bit, ready to dive into history. Matt says there was a strategy behind his long tangents and random asides. I believe that no matter how engaging or entrancing a teacher is, with a room full of adolescents, you're gonna lose everybody for a few minutes. And I just kind of figured, well, I'd rather lose them at the same time. And when I would feel the energy of the room start to drift, one of the things I could do would be to momentarily turn off the school and turn on the fun for a little bit. And I think that was, that was a good instinct, but sometimes because I was good at it, I got carried away. Like when he'd start talking about an old Looney Tunes scene as a metaphor for the arms race during the Cold War. He'd describe a face-off at the circus between Bugs Bunny and a Russian bear named Bruno. Bugs Bunny tells the bear that he can dive off of this platform into a little pool of water. And the bear says, I can dive off platform, you know, and he jacks it up like, like he has, he's got like a car jack sort of thing. And it goes up 50 feet and he says, I will do it into a bucket of water. And Bugs Bunny, yeah, that's nothing. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll dive 500 feet into a damp sponge. And I, Bruno, will dive 1,000 feet into a block of cement on my head yet. And that was fine. And then I'd start talking about how as a child, Bugs Bunny was my hero. And why of all the fictional characters in the world that I would ever want to meet, 
Bugs Bunny would be the one that I'd want to have dinner with. I mean, even if it was just carrots. And it would be at that point, you know, because Kate would be really engaged in seeing the metaphor and writing notes and nodding and maybe asking a question. But when I started to talk about why Bugs Bunny was my personal hero, that was when I would get the look. That does not surprise me at all. I think that from the memories that I do have, the reference to Bugs Bunny aligns very well with this idea of, I believe that he had good intentions. I believe that he was trying to capture students' attention and trying to use a non-traditional method to gain intrinsic interest and motivation of students and that all of those attempts were lost on me. It's not like they ever had a major altercation, but they both made each other really uncomfortable. And Kate, who'd worked very hard to get into the school, was starting to feel like the class was a waste of her time. Matt didn't really know how to handle the situation. What I remember is not actually sitting down and saying, hey, You know, I get the sense that this is an issue for you. I think it was more like I would joke about it with her. And you would kind of joke in that way, like, well, I know that's not your favorite part of class and expect to get that, oh, it's okay, this sort of reassure. And it's such a, no, it's not. And, you know, that was like a little bit of a gut punch. He even turned to other students for validation. And I would sometimes, I think, check in with other kids, not mentioning Kate Shelby, but saying, you know, so like, is that okay when we do that? And, you know, there you go. That's kind of like asking your kids, you know, so is it is it okay that I gave you brownies for breakfast the other day when mom wasn't home? Like, was that cool you didn't mind having them? You know, no, dad, that was great. You know, it's like, okay. And then you're reassured, but there's a part of you knows they're not the people you should be asking. You're the grown-up here. Both Matt and Kate felt a lot of pressure to do well at the school. Before, Matt had been teaching at what he calls a little hippie school in a church basement and could pretty much do whatever he wanted. He saw his new job as a huge opportunity to grow as a teacher, but sometimes felt like an imposter. There were teachers there who had been there a long time or had been teaching a long time, and and that was intimidating. They were very good. I knew that. And I knew that the kids had high expectations and that the the school had high expectations. And I really did not know if I could meet those expectations. Kate worked hard to get into Shadyside, transferring from her neighborhood public school, where she didn't feel academically challenged. It was an opportunity her sisters didn't get, and one she was helping pay for with money she'd inherited from her grandparents. I knew that It was a chance that I had that I didn't want to mess up and that I knew that people were working for me to be there. And I was not one of the, quote, rich kids, but I also wasn't on financial aid. And so realizing that my education was connected to dollar amounts made me really focused and made me want to do a lot of the hard work. Matt and Kate didn't bond over their insecurities but they did reach a turning point in their relationship, though they pinpoint different moments. For Kate, it wasn't exactly the kind of moment you'd expect. One day, Matt showed up for class with his fly down. Kate caught that he was a little embarrassed when he zipped it back up. 
And I think in that moment, it was the equivalent of seeing a teacher outside of campus at the grocery store. And you have that moment where you realize, oh my gosh, this is a human being. And seeing his humanity, I think, helped me have compassion for him as a person. Matt remembers a slightly different moment, bringing Kate a cup of tea when she was sick during an in-class essay. And to me, it was just a watershed moment, just an acknowledgement of the fact that we appreciated each other's humanity and that it was okay for me to walk out for a few minutes when I didn't, I wasn't actively teaching them and attend to, to one of my students in a way that might make her day a little bit better. From his perspective, it was this huge moment that bridged our relationship and made everything better and that he went out on a limb to help me. And it was not on my radar, was not a big moment in my life, was not a defining moment in our interactions. They both agree that things really changed when Kate started working on a large research paper, an annual rite of passage for the school's U.S. history students. And being the nerd that I am, I loved it. I loved having the freedom to choose my topic. I loved being able to research. I think it was able to mirror back to her, you know, her excitement and convey to her that she was doing work that was serious and important and that I took it seriously and I thought it was important. And I pushed her too. I really did push her. And I think that that was one moment where, you know, I was able to be a teacher in a way that I couldn't be for her as much in the daily classroom. I think that whereas for a lot of student-teacher relationships, the tipping point can be investing in getting to know the student as a person. And I think for us, the tipping point was I felt like Matt was getting to know me as a learner and as a student and supporting my interest in the world of academia. And that that lit a flame in me that allowed me to see him again as a human and not just this teacher that annoyed me. Matt could see the shift on her face. At this point, you know, that kind of stern look, it changed. She would still give me a look, but rather than it being a look that conveyed to me the sort of, I am so annoyed with you right now, it was a look that said, cute, move on. That's enough. He paid attention to that look, catching himself when he'd gone too far afield and Kate started to lighten up. I took myself very, very seriously in high school, and I have apologized to him since then. And so I think one of the great lessons for me was to just not take things so seriously, to stop and have fun, to stop and share highlights from your day, to have those conversations that the connection between and among people is really important. There's a time and a place to say hello, and that there's a time and a place to get work done. Matt learned how to better reach students like Kate, reserved and ready to get down to business. He doesn't jokingly seek their affirmation like he did with her. Instead, he pulls them aside and acknowledges that he may joke around or wander off topic. You know, that's going to happen in my class because that's the kind of teacher I am. But... If it gets to be too much, we can work out a little nonverbal cue. 
and you can tell me, you can send me an email, you know, whatever. You don't have to feel like I'll be mad at you and I'll, I'll be aware of it, you know? And sometimes I'll say, no, no, I think it's funny, you know, or sometimes I'll say, okay. And I think even if we never do develop that kind of, you know, look right between us, that he or she knows, okay, this guy is paying attention and I can, I can learn in here. Kate is now 33, the exact age Matt was when they met. And like Matt, she's a teacher, a stronger, more human teacher, she says, because of their continued relationship. There are times between class or between activities that I can ask students, you know, how was your soccer competition this weekend? What are you working on outside of school that's making you happy? You know, show me the picture of your dog that those pieces of, of students' humanity and remembering that it's the whole child that we teach, not just the kid that shows up for class. As for Matt, he feels more confident at his school and in his ability to use humor in the service of education. The truth of the matter is that I did belong there, but that also I did have to adapt what I was doing. I had to get better. I had to get more organized and more disciplined and more serious and remember that I was not there to entertain the teenagers, but to educate them. And that if entertaining could be part of that, well, good. Uh, but if that were the point, well, I wasn't doing my job, no matter how much positive reinforcement I got from the kids. And Kate was, I think, more than my colleagues, more than my department chair, more than anything else. She was the clearest signal to me that uh, whether I wanted to do that work or not, I had to do it. Their relationship was and continues to be reciprocal. They still turn to each other for advice. Matt is now in his 18th year teaching history at Shadyside. Kate taught for nine years at the Journey School of the Teton Science Schools in Wyoming, eventually directing its middle school. She just moved to Tanzania this month to volunteer at a secondary school. What My Students Taught Me was created by The Teacher Project, an education reporting fellowship at Columbia Journalism School. Thanks to Sarah Carr and to Matt Thompson and Aliyah Wong at The Atlantic for their editorial support, and to Helen Wigger and WESA, Pittsburgh's NPR news station, for sharing their studio space. And a special thanks to Matt Weiss and Kate Shelby for sharing their stories. <laughs>